Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Dave, it is time yes. uh, for your trivia question about the show that you so are excited. on. This is the show... Yeah, you're on the show, Dave. This is your show. Uh, Dave, uh, our last episode that we just released... 27. What was the title of the last episode that we just released, Dave? Remember, this is a show you are on. You're the co-host. Am I allowed to do a lifeline? Uh, no, Dave. You just answer the question. I'm going to call this one in. <laughs> Dave, you don't know the answer to what was the... Okay, it's Todd George Glass. Washington? It's Todd Glass, okay? Oh, oh the, uh, the Glass the Draw, Glass Draw, Glass Draw <laughs> for 700 hours. Okay, the name of the episode was, uh, the name of the episode is What's the Furthest You Can Pee? That's the uh, name of the episode, Dave. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, everybody check us out at unseemlyquestions.com and at 6 Unseemly on all social media. Let's get the show started. Welcome to Six Unseemly Questions. I'm your host, Victor Barnato. This is my sidekick, Dave Rosinski. We've got a great contestant on the show today, everybody. It's Eric Bergstrom. Come on up, Eric. Thank you for being on the show. You're quite the guy. Thank you for having me. Hey, Victor. Hey, Dave. Hey. In the studio audit today, we've got uh, great people, Nick Turner, of course, and Rachel Teichman. Thank you so much, studio audience. You're wonderful. So, Eric. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks. Hi, you Dave guys are welcome. Yeah, well, we're Rachel very happy Eric. to have you all here. You're all great people in your own respective ways. Uh, now, not Eric, the traditional ways. No. <laughs> now, Eric, I am going to tell you the rules of the show. And we're going to get started. Here's how the show works. I'm going to ask you six unseemly questions. At the end of each question, I'll ring a bell if I like your answer like this. However, if I do not like your answer, I will not ring the bell, and I'll tell you why. Regardless of how many bells you get, at the end of the show, I will decide whether or not your appearance on the show is worth giving you five whole dollars. Whoa. Ready? I am ready. All right. Let's do question number one. Question number one. What's the most important trait in a lover? In a lover, um, yes. I think that repertoire, being able to communicate with them. Repertoire. Oh, is that the right um, word? repertoire? Is it? Is, is, it is the right word just communication? Is it repartee, not repertoire? Repertoire. I cannot. Repertoire means like a lot of something, like like you have a repertoire of books. And repartee oh, oh. is communication. Repartee. Repartee. Repertoire. Repertoire. I like books only. No, I'm going to say communication. Ah, okay. All right. Oh, what Dave said. Yeah, it does. I did say that. What did you say, Dave? I just said what he meant by having the ability to communicate. Is it actually just communication? I did a terrible job of communicating that. Okay. Well, I'm going to say that this uh, question has become confusing. Also, the repartee repertoire thing was crazy weird. Uh, so I'm going to say no bell on the first question. Oh, Parte. I really need this five dollars. Well, the, the bells we know actually you do. don't. We know you do. The bells actually don't control whether or not you get five dollars. Okay. So you can actually get no bells all the way through and still get five dollars. I've seen it happen. 
Yes, it's definitely have happened. In your Is it dreams, possible for multiple uh, contestants to get the five dollars? Absolutely. Well, uh, there's only it's, one contestant I've seen it per happen. show, I've so seen usually. It oh, yeah, the, take that out. One, yeah, one contestant. Uh, we're definitely going to leave that in. Uh, but <laughs> it's time for question number two. But before we get to question number two, can you tell everybody out there what you do? Oh, I'm a, a artist and comedian. So I I, I make drawings. Uh, of little illustrations of little cartoons, and then I'm a stand-up comedian in addition to that. Did, was there a time when you said you were a comedian before you said artist? Uh, I said artist before comedian, but I, I always wanted to do stand-up, but I was deathly uh, shy as a kid, so I never got around to it until I was older. You mean, yeah, like, I mean was there a time you say because you say artist and comedian, but you don't say comedian and artist? So was there a time when you used to say comedian and artist? Oh no, I. Uh, yeah, maybe before the pandemic when I was doing more comedy. <laughs> Wait, what, what do you what do you mean by when you were a kid that you wanted to do stand up and you were shy? Like you were eight or nine? I was ready? like up and through up through college. I was just super afraid. I went to I went and uh, watched open mics in Minneapolis before I moved here. But I started here uh, doing stand up, uh, and I was I was just deathly afraid of the uh, of public speaking. Why didn't I know you're from Minneapolis? I'm also from Minneapolis. Yeah, I think we we might have talked about it. Our, uh, I think both of our dad. Does your dad live in Moundsview? Yes. Yeah, my dad lives in Moundsview also. Oh, I just forgot the conversation. That's quite all right. Um, it is now time for question number two. Uh, question number two: How did you become a New Yorker cartoonist? Um, I let me see. This was maybe about twelve years ago. I had a book come out with Penguin Books of my cartoons, and then I. <laughs> It was a goal I always wanted because I used to read uh, cartoons in Playboy magazine. I found a stack of 1960s Playboy magazines and I loved the cartoons. And the only thing I found similar to them ever were the New Yorker cartoons. Uh, flash forward, I had a book come out and then I just uh, had the moxie to ask uh, the, was it the, the editor, the cartoon editor, if I could submit. And then I started submitting there maybe about 10, 12 years ago. No, 10 years ago. Uh, and when I started, it was just me and a bunch of like 70 to 80 year old men. And it's, uh -huh. uh, it's really gotten more creative. I like it. Yeah, it's uh, I could I'll tell you some stories offline about how they're trying to diversify the cartoonists. Yeah, there were just there were no women when I started. So it was it was uh, I mean, there were there were titans of cartooning there, like really uh, renowned ones. But I, I don't I hope they're all well now. I haven't I don't know what's going on. With I'd them. say probably 70% are probably passed away. I would agree. Yeah. All right. So uh, that was a good story. I'm going to give you a bell on that one. There you go. First bell of the show. Uh, What's the most question. famous New Yorker cartoonist? Can you tell me? The most famous New Yorker cartoonist? Yeah. Uh, Charles living? Adams? Yeah, actually, that's that's probably right. Charles Adams. Charles. He created the Adams family as in New Yorker cartoons. So he's oh. super wow. famous. What a legacy. Yeah. You know who knows that? New Yorker cartoonists. We know that. <laughs> I'm trying to think of that. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. <laughs> it is. It's great. The uh, look up look up Charles Adams cartoons because it's really just like cartoons of the Adams family doing things. And they used to be in the New Yorker like these basically horror cartoons in the New Yorker. Um, which just shows you how good he was as a cartoonist. Phenomenal. All right. Uh Let's uh, move on to uh, question number three. Question number three. Can you guess what name I call you behind your back? Oh, God. Uh, 
Let me, I'm gonna say, oh God. I called you this name uh, right before you even, before, as you were, as you were coming in the Zoom chat. Let, let me ask you, Victor, uh, how long have you been calling him this? Uh, actually, it just started, it just started today, but it makes sense. Oh, okay. Also, it makes me nervous because Victor can get away with saying way more shit than most people. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes, as a black person like, with albinism, people just look the other way. They're like, I know. You had it hard enough. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> and he wasted, he wasted all on farts and poop jokes. That's all he wants to use it for anyway. Uh, now, I'm, I don't want to get off the subject, though, Eric. Can you guess what name I call you behind I, your back? Artistic Cracker. I don't know what you call <laughs> uh, That is a, a hilarious name to call you, <laughs> but that is not it. Uh, but since everybody else, everybody who's part of the show, we have Rachel uh, Teichman and uh, Dave, they actually know the answer. Would you care to guess, Nick, what name I call Eric behind his back? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go with um, uh, sk skinny jeans of death. Skinny jeans <laughs> of death. It's close. Uh, it's close. Uh, now, uh, that is incorrect. Uh, it is incorrect. Uh, and no bell on that question because you couldn't guess. But the answer was uh, Vampire Boy. Oh, fair. Yeah. Yep. Fair. What, what was your guess again, Eric? Uh, artistic skinny jeans. No. Uh, artistic what? Oh, cracker. Uh, artistic yes. cracker. That's right. That's right. <laughs> artistic cracker. That's good. That's even better. <laughs> but what would a vampire order at the Gap? You know, the skinny jeans of death. Yeah. Next. Yeah, that's true. That that really fits. Thank you. Uh, and you even laugh like Dracula. Thank you. We're welcome. I know that's a compliment for you. I didn't just bring you on this show to call you Dracula. That is not why you're here. Um, you are here to answer unseemly questions. Uh, it is time for question number four. Sure. All right, question number four. <laughs> Did you just throw a dot com in there, Dave? Yeah. Why do you always try to ruin the show? What's that about? I'm enhancing it. Mm -hmm. Enhancing it. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, it's time for question number four. Question number four. Uh, what's the worst thing you've ever done for comedy? I have, I, I'm not always great at crowd work. And there was one time where I just got angry. At, so I just started calling a lady a dead-eyed whore. And then, uh, <laughs> oh my God. That was my, uh, oh, that, that was one of my guesses for what Victor calls you. <laughs> <laughs> and that, was that a thing you did on stage? Yeah, that was a thing I did on what, stage. What did she call, what did she call you? Artistic cracker? I wish. You, yeah. get that, you get that a lot? I don't know. Something does happen like when you're performing and then someone really kind of steps across the line as a like a audience member heckler. And then yeah. you just you just lose all mm -hmm. respect for them as a person and you just oh, say yeah. whatever it is that you think will just make them the angriest, quickest. Yeah, that's it's a bit too much. It, it it can lose an audience, but it's it's uh, I felt it in my heart. Yeah, so. well, it's great if you can say something and at the same time get laughs from the audience. Yeah, by saying something terrible to one person, that's yeah. probably like the the best version of it. Yeah, and and how offensive is being called dead-eyed anyway? I don't think it's very offensive. I don't I, know. I would actually say it's very offensive because I think that insults. Insults that are unusual like that and very specific about a vibe that a person is given off, that that's something that comedians can do is like just put the put the vibe of that person into words that, you know, twist 
So I think that it's it would be super offensive. Like if she had a kind of like a dead look, then she'd be very offended because she knows it's true. Yeah, the yes. dead whore look. That's pretty common. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to say that is, uh, I'm going to give you a bell on that question uh, because it was an interesting conversation. Um, although that's not always enough. But in this case, I think it was. Hooray. Uh, it's time for question number five. Question number five. How scared would you be of a chicken attack? Oh, I just watched a video of a lady get chased by a chicken. I It depends on whether or not I was wearing shoes. <laughs> really? If you weren't wearing shoes, would you be more scared? I'd be terrified if I weren't wearing shoes because well, that's what they go after, your feet. But what, what scenario do you think you would have to be in to be barefoot around chicken outside? What like where? Why would you not have your shoes on? Well, the video I watched, it was a lady without shoes that rattled their cage and then released a bunch of them and then just ran. And I, the only reason it made sense to me was that she was running was because she didn't have shoes. And it, oh, so you've actually never seen a chicken attack someone's feet. You just, that's just a fear that you have? Well, well where are they? They're down there. They're, yes, they are not down flying there. up to your face. Can they? I mean, I, yes, they do fly up. Yeah, I've, been, I've been attacked, attacked by a chicken before. It was terrifying. in the face. I was like six, though. So yeah, I, chicken in the face. Victor. It was. Yeah, it, it got up to my face because it was uh, I was six. You were a little boy. Yeah. And it was on my grandparents farm. Mm -hmm. oh. This is the cutest story. I haven't spent <laughs> a lot of time on a farm. Yeah, I, I was on the farm. I I I got attacked, uh, but I don't I mean, yeah, I was attacked by a chicken. My grandpa's farm was not actually that great. Sometimes it was very terrifying. He would kill pigs by hitting them in the head with a hammer or shooting them in the head. And so that was pretty crazy for a six-year-old to see. Uh, but I still, you know, I love him. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it seemed to be by what just came out of my mouth. How big uh, is a hammer? What? Yeah, he hit him with a hammer. He would kill um, pigs a by hitting them with a hammer. Like a sludge hammer? And then like the kind you would just nail a nail on the wall, except he oh. would just go out into the pig pen and start hitting him with hammer. And if that didn't kill them, then he would pull, take out his gun and shoot them. Mm -hmm. huh. Why not just go straight to the gun? Because my grandpa was, uh, my grandpa, he was just like, he, he also thought it was funny to sneak up behind me when I would be watching TV and like bang on the floor with the hammer. His hammer is one of his favorite tools, I guess. Like he would just surprise us, like be watching cartoons, and he'd come up behind you, and be like, "Bang, bang, 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 bang!" on the floor with the hammer, and you'd be like, "Ha!" And uh, you'd be like, "Ha ha!" I guess my nickname for your grandpa, <laughs> uh, uh, MC Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I was gonna go with Hammer Hands, but yeah, oh, Hammer Hands. Uh. All right. Uh, well, that was, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of emotions in the chicken attack uh, question. So there's going to be a bell for that one. Uh, now it's time for question number six. This is your final question in the show. Um, question number six. How useful would you be in a robot apocalypse? A robot apocalypse? That's not the usual apocalypse I think of. Useful to humans or to robots? Um, I, I don't mean, that's decide, up to man. Decide. Pick a side. Uh, Oh, I, I've, I've thought about this where I would side. Hmm, if I had to decide between rich people and robots taking over, I'd, I'd probably side with the robots because I've never seen robots not tip as a joke. <laughs> That's just a thought. But like, I don't. Hmm, 
I'll. I think I'd be pretty useless for both sides. <laughs> <laughs> so I will go with the humans because they're the underdogs. Uh, damn. So you would go with the humans, but you would be not very useful for the humans. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. I, uh, I, I'm terrible with technology. I feel like you could do, you could fit in with the robots pretty easily. Oh, as I, one of them. I could be a spy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know, I'm going to say no bell because if you're not no going to be useful during the robot apocalypse, no bell. Seriously. Yeah, what, what use are you then? Yeah. I mean, certainly I'm not going to give it waste a bell on somebody who's not useful in the robot apocalypse. Clearly, uh, so, you have no idea what side you're on. <laughs> why are you so upset with him? Dave, just be nice to the guest. Thank you. I am. All right. So you've answered all six of your questions. Thank you very much. That was great. And now it's Thank time you, to decide Eric. whether or not you get uh, $5. But before we do that, will you tell people out there where they can find you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess my Instagram is just my name, Eric. Well, you can go to ericberkstrom.com, but then there's other things like Instagram, which is uh, Eric Bergstrom Rad, just my name and then the word rad. So, you are rad. You're red too, Victor. Thank you. No problem. All right, so let's decide whether or not Eric gets $5. First, we canvass the room. What do you think, Dave? Should Eric get $5? Yeah, I mean, you, you said I wasn't being nice to the guests, so now I guess I have to vote yes to make up for that. Okay, all right. Uh, that's weird. Like, your whole decision-making process was about you, not Eric at all, really. Which one is Eric? Uh, Nick, <laughs> what do you think? Should Eric get $5? Yeah, well, I'm looking around this room, and I think we need to give this guy $5. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. No one's needed $5. So decisive. That's great. <laughs> Good point. Uh, what do you think, Rachel? Should Eric get $5? I'm going to say yes for two reasons. Um, mm -hmm. The first being I really like his aesthetic uh, looking around his room. I'm into the visual appeal. I like his style. I like what he's wearing right now, his hairstyle. And um, I he's a he's a New Yorker cartoonist, so he probably needs it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we take a swipe at an industry you don't know a lot about. Thank you. Uh, nice, nice, nice interior designs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Eric, what do you think? Should you get $5 for appearing on the show? What if I said no? Uh, yes. Yes. I disagree. <laughs> no $5 for you, Eric. Thank you for appearing on the show. Yeah. You are a wow. great guest and super entertaining. Uh, okay. We just have to wrap up the show here. Uh, Dave, what did you learn from this week's show? Uh, we learned about a, a lot of the New Yorker cartoonist background stuff that nobody knew about, including Rachel, with her wild guess that turned out to be true. We, we also learned a lot about um, science and Great. carbon dating. Science. Great answer, Dave, 50% of it, I would say. Uh, so everybody out there, please check us out at unseemlyquestions.com at 6unseemly on all social media. A podcast network. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.